Welcome to Raising Unicorns. I'm Benton Crane, and in today's episode, you will hear two of our top-notch writers and creative directors tell you why every ad writing team needs a pirate, a ninja, and a robot. Hang tight, it will make more sense once you give it a listen. Unicorns are real. In the past eight years, Harmon Brothers has helped raise five unicorns. Yes, that's five companies with a billion dollar valuation, with at least six more companies right on the cusp of becoming unicorns. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the lessons we've learned to help you grow your business by tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time to start raising a unicorn of your own. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, You're listening to Zach Atherton and... Brandon Cummings. And today we're talking about breaking down our Harmon Brothers writers retreats. And Brandon, I don't know if I don't know if you would 100% agree with this, but I think our writers retreats are probably the one thing that we do that is uniquely Harmon Brothers and probably leads to the biggest change in trajectory of any of our campaigns. Would you agree with that? Yes. This is something that when I first came to Harmon Brothers, I was shocked at sort of the thoroughness of how big these things are to really make sure you get the product right in the beginning before you go off into production. Yeah, I, I think the quality, the time, the thought, the effort, the money spent on writing, like I think we probably spend more money on writing than any other agency in the world. I think so. It's like a very much like measure four times before you cut is, Absolutely. The, is the Harmon Brothers. But let's break it down. So step one of the writer's retreat, we have a client come in, they have gone through all of the onboarding process, we have a creative brief, the first thing, and then there's a creative director assigned. You and I have both been creative directors for different projects. Yeah. What's your process for going through selecting writers? Man, that's a great question. So if I'm creative directing, first of all, I want a lead writer who I jive with. Yeah. I think vibes are the most important thing in a writing room. 100 even, even more so than talent. I would Absolutely. say vibe is more. You can have the yeah. most talented writer in the room. If they're not vibing with other people, it's going to be a garbage product. You got to have vibes. You got to have good vibes. And then second, every creative director is different. I like to let my lead writer pick their team. Mm, that's interesting. Have you ever done that? I haven't. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm the, I'm the lead writer of the Herman Brothers writer's room, so I often fill that role. So I guess sure. I, I guess I kind of do. Yeah. But I like that because then it's like... You're trusting them to say, who do you vibe with the most? And I'm just, I'm going to trust you to do that. Right. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. One thing that's commonplace, and this is something that I think that agencies and writing teams should adopt, is the majority of your writer's team, in my opinion, should be active comedians in the trenches. There's something about comedians who are out there either in doing stand-up or improv or sketch who are pitching jokes in front of audiences that just have a unique pulse on what's appropriate, what's relevant, what's happening in culture nowadays, and that just helps a bunch. So when it comes to writer's retreats, typically we assign a lead writer. Sometimes a creative director will assign the other three, sometimes a lead writer, but there are four writers coming into the writer's retreat. What sort of prep goes on before the actual retreat? Good question. Lots of research, right? Usually it's sample time for the writers. Like that's always a fun part, depending on the product. <laughs> uh, we did something for a company called Skull Shaver recently. Yeah. Right. And it's like, hey, shave your head. You want to be a writer? Shave your head. <laughs> no, we, we didn't actually do that. If I could rewind a little bit back to your point, one thing I think that's so important about hiring writers who are in the trenches with comedy with stand-up, with improv, with TV shows, is they are used to throwing out 100 ideas and having 99 of them rejected. That is so important. 
they the our best writers under ice understand that ideas are cheap. Right. Your ideas are not precious. Yeah. Like pe- they will kill their darlings, no problem, because they understand. Hey, you don't like that idea? Here's twelve more. Yeah. Versus you don't like that idea. I'm a bad person. Uh. Yeah. And they crumble, right? Yeah. You don't want that. There's a difference because the you know the writers who maybe the the creative writers retreat is their like one creative experience a month or sure. every quarter or whatever, and so they're like I gotta do well as opposed yeah. to you know one of our lead writers, Kellen. He's a stand-up. He performs every other week in clubs and and he understands he's like you don't like this joke no problem you're not gonna hurt my ego at all he'll hate you but you want (laughs) no i'm kidding kellen won't hate you he will he will tweet at you passive aggressively typically we're going to ask writers to do 40 hours of prep yeah 40 hours of writing before and this is another fairly intensive unique thing to Harmon brothers because they want they want you to truly put your best forward and put your spin on it and yeah. so they're doing check-ins with creative directors they're reading to their friends they're reading to their family they want they are they are coming into the writers retreat saying this thing has already been beaten and polished and beaten again yeah. and then we go through the process again during yeah. a two-day retreat so it's a really cool refining process it is cool it's a lot of work. It can be frustrating, as we both know. You spend 40 hours of time you bill, and then often, if I'm writing and that's the only thing I'm doing, I'm thinking about it all the time in yeah. the shower while I'm cooking, <laughs> yeah. hanging out with my kids, you know, like not paying attention to my wife. Like, yeah. What are you thinking You're about? You thinking about writing again? Writing. I'm thinking about writing, <laughs> writing again. writing at home, Brandon. It's our anniversary. You can't leave it at home. Yeah, there and there is a little bit of high stakes too because we'll talk about this once we get into it. But ultimately, one of the writer's scripts will be chosen as the backbone. Yeah, and that's not them necessarily like heralded as like the winner and everyone's a loser. But it is like your baby that gets to go on, and the other ones get ripped apart and split up, and maybe none of your ideas will make in. So there's a bit of pressure sure. to be like, did I just spend forty hours of my life for something that will ultimately be ignored? So I think writers coming in have that pressure, and it, it leads to some good product. Yeah, it does. For sure. So there's been 40 hours. There's been check-ins. We get to the writer's retreat. And this was another shocking thing for my first writer's retreat. You take your phone and you throw it in a bowl and you put it away. And there's a rule that says if you have to check your phone, you have to give $20. Because from the beginning, we give the expectation that this is separate time. This is yeah. creative time. We, right. we, we want 100% of your focus here. And that's something that I can't remember the last time I was away from my phone for an hour, let alone like eight hours at a time. It's uh, anxiety inducing, right? Yeah. You're like, I'm here at this writing retreat. My phone's going away. You have to, I have to communicate to my friends and loved ones and wife. I'm basically dead for a day. I'm dead for two days. Yeah. Like, don't reach out <laughs> yeah. to me. I'm yeah. fine. I'm not dead. I'm fine. Call your other emergency contacts. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm unreliable. Unreliable. Yeah. I love that though. Cause like, man, if you're distracted, it's just tough. And it's and it, and it and it back to vibe. It really kills the vibe of the room. Like if you're, because essentially they're pitching these scripts to an audience, and if you summon on their phone or someone just like on their laptop or not there, it's it's different than having what we do. What we try to cultivate this captive audience right. of listening to your joke, listening to your pitches, which again is just something you don't have most of the day. We're so distracted. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing to do. The second thing we do, we do introductions. We build a little bit of credibility with the client, with the writers. Writers will often share their accolades for the TV shows they wrote, the shows that they've produced, which is which has been very fun. Clients love that, man. Love that. They love that. They they, they want to feel like, and it is a little bit that we lean into. There's a little bit of like celebrity that goes on, sure. or. For, for a lot of our clients, this is the most creative and comedic thing that they will ever be a part right. of. Yeah. You, we have these people who are like, I got into finance or I got into manufacturing. And you're basically putting on a show and I get to be the cool guy because I'm creating a comedic video. Like, can you imagine me, so-and-so from Minnesota making belts or whatever? Right. Yeah. 
So love that. We do the intros and then we set the expectations for the first read that we're looking for first impressions and for gut. We sort of take off our evaluation hat and we put on just our creative absorption, just first impressions hat. I think that's really important. Creativity is about possibility and evaluation is about taking away. So creativity mm. is about what's possible. Evaluation is about what's taking away. And if you get to the critical part too fast, it kills the vibe. Yeah. Brandon, that, that script's not going to work. Sorry, I just know right away it's not going to work. If that were to happen to you, how would that make you feel? I mean, it feels bad. And I think that's why the check-in process is so important, right? Like beforehand, like if you're creative directing or you're in charge of a project, check in with the writers. Yeah. Because oftentimes, surprise, clients will fall in love with the most expensive, the most outrageous thing. And it's like, yeah, man, if your budget is really, really small, right? you hear people pitch a $2 million commercial. Right. It's like, I want that one. That sounds the most fun. <laughs> well, of course it sounds the most sounds fun. Sounds great. You have like a marching band and floats and a parade <laughs> and, you know, like really, really expensive stuff. So you want to make sure the concepts are, I don't want to say restricted, yeah. but you want to make sure they're in the right sandbox. 100%. So they it, don't go too far out. Because there are a few things that are deflating. Again, you're working on the script for a long time, and then there's a key element that whether it's a concept or whether it's a value proposition or it's a tone or an idea. And we didn't talk about this. This isn't standard for all writers retreats, but sometimes we'll do a creative concept or a concept retreat sure. where, where we'll do that check-in with right. the client to say, give us the sandbox we can play in. There was one time where I wrote a script. It was my first big hero video and I'm used to squatty potties and pooping sure. unicorns or whatever. And I was doing it for a financial service client. I remember that one. Yeah. It was this fun like leprechaun land we where talked about that. stocks and you know leprechauns were falling over. And I remember I, I worked so hard on it and they were just like, it's, it's too fantastical. Can't do it. It's like, well, <laughs> I wish I knew that two weeks ago. But again, it was, you know, that that's why the concept retreat has been put in place. Because right. then we're able to check in and be like, does this fit with you? Does it resonate? And if they're like, I hate it. Like, all right. No, dude. My, <laughs> so my first writing retreat where I was lead writer, I wrote an entire script. And the concept, I thought, I still think it's fun. The yeah. concept is this guy is cheating and his wife thinks like he's cheating what's going on yeah. and she rips open the covers and it's like he's eating all the cheating carbs, food, the carbs. Carb, cakes he's got whatever. spaghetti and pizza and ice cream and all these different things <laughs> and it's like he's cheating on keto and keto chow makes it easy yeah it's a bait and switch yeah it's a bait and switch yeah but they didn't like even the like reference to no. infidelity so i read the script and it it crushed and it got a, a ton of laughs and the first <laughs> thing the guy looks over and he says uh she hates it. <laughs> like, great. Cool. And, and again, it's like like ideas, radical ideas like that, or more radical ideas. Or like Sometimes the client will love that. They're sure. Like, I want to push the envelope. Yeah, you know. And other know. people are like, no, that's, you know, that, that offends their sensibilities or yeah. our clients won't go for that. And so those check-ins are And that's really, really fine. Important. Like, and you, you know, as a writer, you have to just be able to like brush it off and be like, oh, that's funny. I'm pushing the boundaries. So we have this first read where, again, we're writing clarifying questions. And again, it's, it's this idea of we want to cultivate this vibe really early on. Let's talk about possibility. Let's not. Yep. Talk, we're not signing checks yet. We're not right. assigning wardrobe or sets or whatever. We're just talking about possibility. Possibility. And then we'll do a second read where we'll do a little bit of that evaluation. We'll yeah. really start brainstorming what's good or what's bad, what's possible. And then after that, the client will select essentially the backbone of the script. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this because some directors will say, hey, client goes in one room, we'll go in another room, we'll vote, and we'll see if we match up. Mm -hmm. Some writers will just say, hey, client, here's what I think is the best backbone. Do you agree? Right. Other ones will just leave it up to 100% of the client. What, what's your preference? I prefer to have a break off. I'm curious to hear your thoughts too, Zach. I prefer to have client go in a room, 
usually with the client liaison and the creative director and discuss concepts. And then writers go off and talk about concepts and kind of pick separate from each other and then yeah. come back together. Yeah. I've been part of it before where it's like, well, uh, Brandon, which one would you pick? And I'm like, I pick mine. Which one do you what think? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, who do you think I'm going to vote for? I think mine's the best. I spent 40 hours on this I spent 40 script. hours on this script. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a for, great concept. Leave it alone. For me, my whole thing is I want the client to have an incredible time. Right. With a few bumpers. Sure. Right. Like if, if I think like what the client wants, if, if really in my gut, I just don't think it's going to be a successful campaign, I'll probably guide them in a little bit. But most of the time, and I think this is great for any creative, is you just never freaking know. You never know. You never know. And never so for know. the whole idea for someone to come in, this will never work. It's uh, it's impossible. This is going to flop. You truly don't know. And, I, you know, it, it harkens back to our early Squatty Potty days when if you read the Squatty Potty pitch on paper, it's disgusting, right? This is it's like, so gross. Hey, we're going to have a unicorn pooping ice cream and we're going to feed it to children. Pretty cool, huh? And back in the day when they heard that, they were just like, that's gross. No. But the Harmon Brothers team really believed in it, and luckily they did, and hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars later, and, and off to the races. But going into this thing saying, for me, when I have my creative director hat on, I'm like, look, any one of these scripts, any one of these ideas, unless it is so far off base where it's inappropriate or it's controversial or whatever, which almost never happens, I'm confident our writers can put some incredible jokes, incredible value propositions to sell it. Yeah. And I would much rather the client leave the writer's retreat being so happy and stoked than feel deflated and be like, hey, trust me, big creative director boy, sure. I know what I'm doing. And they're sure. like, okay, because then if it flops, it's off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, if it, or if it doesn't meet their expectations in some way, or if it's slower, then all of a sudden it, it's less of this sort of shared journey together. Sure. And more of this just like, I trusted you and you were smarter than all of us and look where it got us. Yeah. You got to have buy-in. Right? Yeah, you got to have buy-in. And I think you have to trust your gut too. And I think oftentimes there have been the scripts and the concepts that like totally stand out and it's kind of clear. And I love it when that happens. Yeah. It's really hard when it's like, oh dude, we could pick any three of these yeah. and it's a choose your own adventure thing. Yeah. And that's where it's like, well, I don't know, and, cast and, lots. And, maybe. and that's when I like it when there's like a pecking order. Like I like it when Hey, lead writer, creative director, it's established, it's your final call. And we're all cool with that. Sure. It's the worst thing when you have to defend your ideas. <sighs> and it's like, here's why I think my idea, like my, my first retreat was like, everyone gets two votes and everyone voted for their own. Of course. And then it started to be like this political thing. It's like, well, so-and-so has three votes. And so if I vote for so-and-so over there, then they'll have two votes. And and again, it's just like this weird perverse incentive yeah. because it, it feels good to have your concept picked. You get the most attention. Yeah. You get the most say. And I just like it when I'm just like, hey, lead writer, what do you think? The buck has to stop somewhere. That's what you said. We're all about it. And let's go. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And it, it requires a certain level of maturity, you know, from Absolutely. the writing room. And that's why it's so important to like pick a great team. 100%. Great 100%. team. And there's something that we're working on. I don't know if this is too, too in the weeds, but something we're working on internally is giving some really broad, high level designations of the personality types of writers. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean Zumbrennan introduced this, and this is an improv principle that he borrowed from Will Hines and Billy Merritt. They're big uh, improv people out in LA. But it's the idea of that you're either a ninja writer, a pirate writer, or a robot writer. Yeah. And a robot writer is like really logical. It's like, how does this make sense? How does this fit within there? A pirate will just sort of like swing in and make big sweeping moves and sort of rattle cages. And then the ninja is sort of nimble. It just can sort of like come in and out in the shadows and get the job done. And so understanding those personalities 
is really helpful when you're going in because you're just like, hey, I know that if so-and-so's idea doesn't get picked, they're super nimble and they'll just, yeah. whoosh, they'll go to support. But right. if they're taking the lead, they got that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I would also say like, it's important to like, I think my personal strength as a writer is sales and direct response copywriting. Yeah. You know, cause that's what I'm trained as. Like yeah. I've studied it for years. When I'm assembling teams, I love to have my lead writer be a little bit more of a pirate. Yeah. Like they're crazy and they have the big ideas. Yeah. They show what's possible. Right. Yeah. Because if I'm the CD, I can like rein it in and whittle it down. I'm mm. like, that's great. Let's make it smaller. You said point. it in 11 words. Let's say it in four. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's super, I think it's super important. Like I love the ninja. Pirate. Pirate, robot. pirate r robot ninja. I think that's huge. I think it's also important to make sure I would add a fourth to that. Like you need the sales, like the person who's really, really strong in sales language. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes that's the creative director. Yeah. You know? At the end of the day, like we got to tell a story and we got to, we got to lead this in the right direction. Yeah. And it's got to sell. Yeah. And that mix is so important because if you have, for example, all robots, then it's probably going to be very safe. It's probably going to be very sure. logical. It's going to be very sensical. If you have all pirates, it's going to be too wackadoo. <laughs> and so, too expensive. And too expensive. <laughs> Producer <laughs> will hate you. And so it's a good mix to be able to be like, here's this insane world. Like, wow, I never thought about that way. Thanks for expanding our minds. Now let's bring it to reality and let's right. see what's like the best way we can bring this to life. Love that. After the uh, back bonus picked, well, typically break for lunch, which is another great opportunity for writers to bond with the client and to really rub shoulders. Sometimes that really sets the client at ease. I see like telling stories, cracking jokes, which is another reason why I would just very much recommend get real comedians at your retreats Yeah, because they will make the client just die from laughter. For sure. And all of a sudden they go, oh my gosh, this is, this is not only a cool professional experience, it's a cool personal experience, totally worth the check that I signed, you know? Yeah, they love it. We've heard multiple times, I've been in business for 30 years, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. This is like the most fun I've ever had at work. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like work. Right. You get to make them feel like a rock star. So after you come back for lunch, typically we'll, they'll, they'll break apart and we'll then do what's called the Frankensteining process. Sure. We have the backbone, but someone might say, hey, Brandon, I loved your section in the doubts and credibility. I loved the way that you visualized that. You might piece that together. Mm -hmm. So and so, hey, your language on blankety blank was awesome. So then we'll, we'll massage that and we'll do a third read where we'll sort of show the Frankenstein part. And this is where we get really, really in-depth notes. And the way I frame it is, what are the gems and what are the what are the big red flags? Yeah. If we say something just completely off the wall, we have to know. Then we spend the rest of that first day massaging, massaging, massaging. And then we go uh, to a really expensive dinner, and I love it every time. So fun. So nice. Hey, back in the day, we used to not pay for writer's dinners. Oh my gosh! Big mistake. Huge mistake. Big mistake. Pay for buy buy your buy your people dinner. Yeah, front of a few hundred bucks to help them feel part of the process. Yeah. actually, there are a few different camps on this, and the camp I'm kind of in is like the less time you spend with clients, the more exclusive it will feel. For Absolutely. Them. And so, like, I know sometimes it's like let's all go to dinner. But like often I found it like, hey, client goes to dinner and then writers go off to dinner and there's a little bit of like an exclusivity. like They versus them. Or, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, these guys are backstage and I don't want to bug them and talk to them and yeah. they need their creative space. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I would say feel that out, like nothing's set in stone. If you end up at the same restaurant, freaking sit together. Please. That's, that's so awkward. And, and for you account managers out there, 
rubbing shoulders is a great way for them to make friends. People hire their friends. People yeah. hire the people that they know. And for me, there's been several times where I built a friendship with these people. And then when another project came up, they didn't necessarily come back to, to hire the company. They came back to hire the person. Right. They said, I loved Brandon. I loved Kellen. I yeah. loved Shay. Can I please work with I them again? I love Zach. Well, I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> if you're going to say it. <laughs> Let me say it. <laughs> I'll say it. And then day two. Day two. Day two is so brutal. It's a grind. Cause, like, so because sort of the big showy fun stuff is sure. over and then it's just, and, and I have a note on this to how to make yeah. it fresh, but I'm curious to know how do how do you make day two fun and moving and, and, and light? Oh, that's a good question. Day two, I like to only do one read. Yeah. At the very, very end. Yeah, like two max. Two max. Two max. And, and maybe like, you know, some of these scripts are a couple pages long. Like oftentimes it'll be day two. Okay, we're going to focus on this section and this section that didn't work for you guys. Yeah. We'll check in with just that section. Yeah. Or just that part of the script. They don't need to hear the whole thing. Right, right. Again and again and again. That's a great point, Brandon, because sometimes they'll even second guess. Right. Like, it was so magical the first time. Well, why isn't it working here? And it's like, you have to understand, most of the people who watch your ad aren't going to listen to it two, three, four, five times. They're going to get it once, and is it magical or not? But they get in their head, and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, were we just laughing because the energy was so great? And so you want to mitigate that as much as possible. Yeah, you get desensitized to it, right? It's like, I've heard, if they've heard it like eight times, they're like, ah, that's not funny. (laughs) I read it to my son and junior high and see what he thinks. Oh, another problem because they will never, (laughs) okay, okay, this is another thing. Do not give your script to your client prematurely because if they go, hey, I want to take this and I want to read it to my people, they're not comedians. They're not performers. They're not the writers. And so again, a great way to ruin a script is to get someone to present it in a way that is super lame. I've I've seen jokes die that were incredible and killed it in the room because the wrong person was like, I pitched it to my wife and uh, she didn't laugh. So it's not funny. (laughs) It's like, you have no idea. You have no idea. And and I would also say to that, as you're thinking about assembling a writing team, especially if it's a huge project, yeah, the reason why you want comedians and improvisers is because they can deliver. Yep. You can take an amazing script, and you've seen this with different writers. I won't name names. Sure. Some writers are such strong performers yep. that like their concept and their idea could be the worst, but because of their ability to read and deliver it, it's like, that's the funniest. Yeah. And again, it's just the idea of buy-in. Yeah. I would rather have a total buy-in on a mediocre script that we can then polish later sure. than low buy-in on a masterpiece. Yeah. Because it truly is, it's like, hey, once we have the raw material, then we go into production and, and direction and funnels and all that stuff. And lots, it can be messed up a lot of different steps along the way. Sure. But the most important part for me, and I think you agree with this, is the vibe has to stay consistent so they trust you and you trust them so that as you go through every step of the way, it's when those doubts start creeping in is when it starts getting like, oh no, I'm, I, I, I'm unsure I made the right call. And that's a scary place to be. It is a scary place to be. Good vibes. You got to have good vibes. You got to have food to have good vibes. Yeah. Snacks are important. Feed your people. Don't skimp out on snacks. Don't skimp on the snacks. Like when crafty is like a couple of cuties and a mixed nuts bowl, depressing. Depress. Same Depressing. on set, same at writer's retreats. And it honestly makes it feel like a party. Yeah. It's like, we have 16 different types of Doritos. <laughs> I haven't had this since my 10th grade soccer party. This is incredible. And it truly is. It's like a chance to like, I'm going to cheat on my diet a little bit. Yeah. And it just feels fun to be in this party a little bit. You want bit it to feel friends. like a vacation. 100%. Uh, So the second day is really just the grind of we've heard these jokes before. We're trying to beat it. And here's one strategy if you're in day two. So 
Kellen Erskine, who's been a lead writer on just so many of our big hitting projects. He's a good friend of mine and he's a stand up and on Conan Kimmel. He's also a good friend of mine, just in case I mean, anyone like is a, I would say he's if, a, probably a better friend of mine. He's a pretty um, good friend of mine. I mean, he called me his best friend once. We're, um, I'll text him right now. It, oh, let's so both weird. text him well, right now. he just now. texted me. Oh, okay. And he you just win. said, Brandon's not with you, is he? <sighs> and I said, why'd you bring him up? <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that he does is he makes sure that when we do our final read, even if he knows the jokes won't make it in, he writes new jokes. Yeah. And, and I love that because he's just like, look, we know these jokes work. Let's lock them in. He is such a performer and an entertainer that he's just like, the client should leave with another show. Yep. And even if it's like a callback or a, a really personal joke to the room. Or super inappropriate. Or super inappropriate. Sure, whatever. Sure. As, lo as long as you feel your client's okay with that, it is so fun because they laugh, laugh, laugh. And we say, obviously, that's not in there. But the core message is in there. And they're like, that's great. We yeah. trust you. They love that. It's a great way to end, end on a high note. End on a high note. George Costanza. George Costanza. After it's done, we have the document. What what process do you do? Do you immediately send it off to client? Do you do you go through brain trust first? Like once the two days are over, sure. how do we now take this small, you know, this small child that we have created and help it to grow into a to an adult? I'm curious to know what you do. I like to take a couple days off. Oh, sleep on it. Just like mentally, yeah. right? Like it's like I don't want to look at this. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Like let it marinate in the background. Yeah. I'll typically refine it a little bit on my own, send it off to brain trust. Yeah. Before sending to client, yeah, for and and for people who listen to this podcast are probably familiar, but just in case, Brain Trust is where we either read it live or send the script to some trusted creatives that we believe can give essentially give some good feedback. Right, that joke's not working for me. This language is slow. It's just another check. It's another part of the refining process before it goes into production to really make sure that we're nailing it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm curious to know what you do, Zach. I, I like to have about a week, usually. Between like, hey, the writing retreat's ended, and then, okay, we're going to read it again to client. We're going to share it again with client. Here's your final chance for like legal feedback or verbiage or whatever yeah. before sign off. How, what, what do you do? Yeah, I don't even read it again. Like we've had like a really amazing experience with them and in their heart and their mind, they're like, I trust this is happening. I will send it off specifically with saying, hey, this is received creative feedback. We've checked this with some other uh, internal people. This is solid. We just need you to send this to your lawyer and your brand guide people. Just one last time, please, please, please. And we encourage them, please do not make big creative changes at this point. Yeah. Because if they throw in or they have that second guess and it's like, well, we lost the magic. We yeah. had the magic before. Trust the magic. Yeah. And then once it's locked, send it off to the director for the shot list and we're, we're in, you know, full-blown full pre-production. And I will say on this, it's important to frame it with the client too. Like when you say, Hey, we want your feedback. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't want your feedback. We want your legal approval. Yeah. We yep, want yep, you yep. to say, I'm okay with this script representing my brand, yeah. my company. Yeah. I'm checking off the legal box. Yeah. I think it's huge that you said that because yeah. it's like, Hey, what do you think? Well, I don't think it's funny. Yeah. I showed it to my cousin and no, he doesn't like it. They I, weren't there. No, no, no. Yeah. Please. It's like, it's, you have to be very, very clear. Like, Hey, we've been through the brain trust. Creative has passed off on it. We are 99% there. We're yeah. ready for a lock script. Yeah. We need your legal feedback. Yes. And, it, and that is so stinking important because it's like, and I think account managers need to express this to clients of saying, you cannot think 
as logically and unbiased on this because the stakes are so high for you. Right. You hired us to be your guides. Mm -hmm. We had this whole incredible experience to really mine what was working for you. It worked for you then. Trust us to go through the process. And that's something that we, that, you know, we, uh, we, we establish an appropriate cadence right. with the client because when that cadence is too frequent, it just leaves too much, too, too much time for their room to doubt and be like, uh-oh, am I making a $100,000 mistake or whatever? And so we need to make sure we be able to mitigate that the best we can. And that's basically it. That's the writer's yeah, retreat. That's the writing retreat. Three main takeaways from this process that you would say you want our listener to focus on. Good vibes. Good vibes. Everybody's got to have good, good vibes. Expectations. Yep. Super, super clear on, yep. in the beginning, on the front end, during the retreat, after the retreat. I would say the importance of focus you know, we talk about like, hey, go to a cabin. It doesn't have to be a long cabin. It doesn't yeah. even have to be a cabin. Yeah. It just has to be a distraction-free place. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, we need your attention. And it's it's important for client too, right? Like sometimes yeah. you have clients who are like, I'm going to work through this whole thing. And then they miss all the magic. And it's like, well, no wonder yeah. you're not stoked. No dude. wonder you're not bought Put in. your crap away. Yeah. Pay attention. So yeah. can I name them again? Vibe. Vibe. Uh-huh. Were you listening? Uh, one was focus. I think that was the third one. <laughs> what was my second one? Third one was focus. You guys get it. Expectations. Right? Expectations. Okay. <laughs> Vime. Thank you. Zach's been playing Candy Crush on his phone during this whole podcast. Uh, number one, vibe. Good vibe. Number two, expectations. Number three, distraction free. Absolutely. Throw Absolutely. this phone away. I'd agree. Number one, vibe is the maintain vibe throughout. And vibe means trust. It means buy-in. It means excitement. Keep them excited. Number two, please, please, please hire comedians that work well with each uh, other. Yeah, I should have really had that work well with each other. Uh, and then number three, I, I would agree, establishing expectations of the creative process. Because there's nothing worse and it's just like, oh, I thought this is when we start tearing it apart and you mess up that process and yeah. that can just make it fumble the rest of the way. Yeah. Anywho, well, thanks so much for listening in. If you want to learn more about the Writers Retreat or if you're even looking for people to help you through that process, uh, I'm the lead writer of the Writers Room. You can just check that out at harmerbrothers.com slash writers room. Anything you want to plug, Brandon? Brandon also plays weddings. If you have a wedding, we'll play drums for you. <laughs> uh, I, I only play drums. I don't play other instruments. So if you have a wedding and you're like, I just want drums, <laughs> just only drums drum as my solos. band, hit me up. Harmanbrothers.com forward slash Brandon Cummings only plays drums only at your wedding. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a good one. If this episode blew your mind even a little, then follow us for more. That'll help us know what you like and we can keep breaking your brain in a good sort of way.